is Bloomberg Surveillance. The lows have been seen in the commodity markets generally, whether it's in the soft, whether it's in the grains, whether it's in crude oil. Has the Fed laid out a new rationale for running monetary policy other than looking at the labor market and looking at the inflation numbers? We think that people have leapfrogged what is reasonable into excessive worry. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. It's 7 a.m. on Wall Street where we are five weeks into a rally and counting. Stocks closed Friday up for the year, finally. And indications are we'll at least start the day higher in the U.S., something we haven't had for a while. A merger Monday. Among the deals announced so far, data company IHS buying Market, Sherwin-Williams buying Valspar, and W.L. Ross buying chemical and plastics distributor Nexio Solutions. There's also talk Monsanto is exploring deals with BASF and Bayer. That's helping stocks in Europe right now. The stock 600 is, uh, we'll call it unchanged on the day. Uh, the DAX index at the moment is up 48 points, half a percent. In the uh, euro at the moment is a little bit higher, 112.80, not a whole lot. Here in the U.S., futures are a little changed. We'll call the S&P up a, by a point. The Dow futures are up 13 points. That's a tenth of a percent. NASDAQ 100 uh, e-mini futures up by three points right now, a tenth as well. Dollar index is lower still, 95.043, heading for 94 perhaps. Uh, bonds at the moment, the 10-year, 1.87. Your five-year note going for 1.33%, 83 basis points, the two-year note. Oil has been lower all morning, paired its losses. Brent crude 41.17, down a tenth. West Texas at 38.95, down 1.2%. That's a little bit of drag on stocks as well. But for the moment, in general, investors shrugging off geopolitical concerns, something Ian Bremer can't do. The head of the Eurasia Group worries for a living. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, there are a lot of things that could go wrong out there, obviously. What's the top thing or two that likely will go wrong? What are you advising clients to most watch out for? This is a weird environment because um, you have an enormous number of tail risks that are things are that should be like not worry about at all that actually do have a meaningful prospect, even though they're not likely. So Brexit, for example, or a Trump presidency, for example, <laughs> um, I mean, a 9-11, uh, a true 9-11 in continental Europe, um, the implosion of a Turkey or even of a Saudi Arabia. Those are the sorts of things that, you know, it, it, in the Cold War, you had the Cuban Missile Crisis. You had a shot that the whole damn world was going to blow itself right. up. But you couldn't really do anything about that. So you just kind of ignored it. And if the markets blew up, well, everything else did, too. Today, it's not you don't have the prospect of Armageddon. But what you have is a meaningful possibility that one of these 10 horrible things is actually going to happen. And you don't know which one. It's a much more complicated geopolitical environment today for the markets. Let me just interrupt for a second. We have another hot headline. Apparently, Marriott came back with a new offer for Starwood, $85.36 a share. And Starwood now says that's the superior proposal to Android. The Chinese uh, proposal came out uh, last week, so um, the bidding war underway for Starwood. Interestingly enough, you mentioned Cuba Starwood uh, signing a deal to open to manage hotels in Cuba. Um, as long as the president's there, let's start with that. That's not a threat, is it? I mean, how does Cuba play out? 
Well, first of all, I mean, you can't have Starwood go and open a few hotels and then have the Chinese buy Starwood in Cuba because it's like communism never left at that <laughs> point, right? So, you know, there's just too much yeah, for me to handle. Much. I'm glad Marriott came back. Um, look, I mean, Obama, this is one of his biggest wins under his administration. His administration is not replete with foreign policy wins. Most American allies feel worse off today than they did when Obama first came in. And the world is certainly not in a happier place. So, I mean, if that's the way you judge it on balance, you'd say it's negative. But, I mean, Cuba, This is we're talking 50 years now. Look at the cars on Cuba's streets and realize right. that the Americans haven't been selling since people used to drive cars like that, right? And and this, this is long overdue. There's going to be extraordinary tourism. There's going to be extraordinary investment. And the Cuban government itself won't be able to stand up to it for very much longer. That's, well, that's a positive. That's a key question because the Cuban government hasn't seemed very interested in a lot of what American companies are rushing down there to offer. No, and it's precisely because they understand that American-style globalization will mean the end of that regime pretty quickly. But the Cubans don't have other places to turn. They're not getting huge cash from China. The Soviet Union's not around anymore. Um, the Russians don't really care. And the Venezuelans, who were the one holdout that were putting cash in, I mean, they're about to default by the end of this year. And Maduro's basically done. Low oil prices will do that to you. So Cuba had nowhere else to go. And when the Americans crack their foot in the door, the relation, the size of that relationship is so overwhelmingly asymmetrical that it's going to be almost impossible for the Cuban government to stand up and say, no mas, we can't handle it anymore, right? <laughs> I noticed, Tom, that he had uh, tweeted over the weekend, uh, they withstood 50 years of embargo, but can they withstand Starbucks? Well, or, or five minutes of Starbucks as well. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance uh, brought to you by Invesco. Do the day's headlines have you searching? For more investment views, Invesco's experts can help find out the latest thought leadership at the Invesco blog. Visit Invesco.com slash U.S. to subscribe. Ian Bremmer with us with a a huge bout of international uh, relations uh, going on. The president goes to Cuba. I guess we have an Obama doctrine. I guess that's open to debate. Do we have a Clinton or Trump doctrine. Are Um, they discernible yet? The Clinton doctrine, uh, certainly when she was Secretary of State, I think was pretty clear. It's that the Middle East is the past. Asia is the future. China is with economics, uh, economics, economics, but also security that the the concern should be about the rise of China. You want to get them on side. If you can't, you want to have options. Containment is an option if the Chinese don't behave well. And that's both a security concern, but also a a rise of state capitalism concern. So I I think that uh, Hillary laid that out. She certainly made plenty of mistakes when she was secretary of state. She had some wins, too. Um, but the, if, if you don't have a problem with clarity of thinking uh, for what she – the way that Hillary viewed the world. Um, and it's fairly pragmatic too. I mean she was the one that said that on China that it's hard to lecture your banker on human rights. And uh, that's the kind of thing that you wouldn't necessarily expect, for example, from some of the you know sort of more traditional indispensable America type leaders that we've seen on the but Republican side. Mr. Trump side. is going to go before to be you – know, I, mean, I mean this within a general and respect phrase, the Israeli lobby. We're going to learn more about Mr. Trump's doctrine in the coming weeks. Do you discern it at this time? Can you give us a briefing 
on what you've seen so far in foreign policy. I don't know why you'd think we're going to learn any more from Trump. Uh, we've gotten, you know, Trump saturation coverage for about eight months now, and we've learned nothing but nothing. repetition. And, but, and full disclosure, Ambassador Haas was on from the Council of Foreign Relations. He made clear he speaks to everyone. Sure. He talked to Trump, but he, he talks to everybody as well at CFR. Yeah, well, I don't have a problem with the fact that I mean, Richard Haas runs the most important foreign policy institution in this country, the Council on Foreign Relations, and I think it's inco- it's almost incumbent on him, given his job, to make himself available right. to the to the candidates of any stripe on both sides. Trump is the one that you might consider saying no to simply because he reflects such a subversion of the values that the Americans were actually created their system on. But, look, the the fact is that Trump doesn't have foreign policy. Trump has a set of excuses that are ready-made for American populism. They are, you're not feeling good, and the reason for it is because you're being taken advantage of by all of these other countries, and I'm going to give you permission to hate them. I'm going to p- give you permission to point the finger. It's their fault. It's a very, it's an American exceptionalism in a very narrow way, and we're going to blame the Mexicans for raping our women. We're going to blame the Europeans for taking advantage of our security largesse and being refused to pay it freeloading. We're going to blame the Muslim states for creating terrorists that want to come over and blow us up. And we're going to blame the Chinese and the Japanese from stealing us blind. Uh, if, if that's a doctrine, uh, uh, the average American should want no part of it. What is it that um, we should want in the next president? You mentioned that uh, we that Obama leaves office with the U.S. maybe in worse shape overseas than it was. Uh, what would turn that around? What do we need to do? Well, look, I mean, some of it um, is that it's just getting harder. Some of it is that the world, uh, the, the foreign policy influence for the United States is going to be uphill because the, in the Middle East there are no easy solutions. No one's offering them, not the Democrats or the Republicans. And China increasingly has power, economic power in particular, and is willing to use it in ways that will subvert U.S. national interests. And that's – so it's just a harder slog for the Americans. But what you don't want – is for American allies to not be certain that they can count on the commitments that the Americans have set up for decades and decades. You want the alliances to be, if there's going to be a slip, you want that slip to be as incremental as possible. You don't want the alliances falling apart. You want people still wanting to use the dollar. You want people still wanting to come to the U.S. and study and make lives here. Um, and you also want them feeling that American influence and projection of power is significant. Let's come back with Ian Bremer from Eurasia Group. Tom, uh, a, a tough world. Yeah, it is interesting out there. Lots to talk about with Dr. Uh, Bremer. The current, the, the market's very quiet right now. Futures up one. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Mazda White Plains. Visit MazdaWhitePlains.com. Here's Michael Barr with news headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. President Obama and Cuban President Raul Castro will sit down at Havana's Palace of the Revolution today. The president and his family arrived yesterday in Havana. President Raul Castro will formally greet President Obama today. North Korea is continuing its weapon launches. It is apparently carrying out in response to South Korea U.S. military drills it sees as a provocation. Seoul officials say the North fired five short-range projectiles into the sea today. Vice President Joe Biden defended President Obama's policy toward Israel and took a swipe at Donald Trump. Biden speaking to the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee's policy conference in Washington yesterday. 
said the future belongs to the bridge builders, not the wall builders. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Uh, thank you so much, Michael. Greatly appreciate it. With Ian Bremmer on America's foreign policy, this is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by your Tri-State BMW centers. Visit them online at tristatebmw.com. At BMW, they make only one thing, the ultimate driving machine.